I know that Andrew will not care. And I think that's like maybe his biggest flaw, which is saying a lot. But Pink Friday 2 dropped and oh my fucking God, Nicki Minaj is back in her fucking bag. There is nothing that woman can say from here on out about her cousin's swollen balls that will keep me from being a fucking barb. Seriously. Uh, What about consorting with men who have sex with underage girls? Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. So see, things we don't talk about is that... Um, no, just kidding. We need, we need to talk about that. Listen, I am gonna defer this one to Kirk. Kirk, what oh, do you think? So honestly, I honestly have, I I'm have, sorry, did I derail this? That's okay. I've been thinking about, no, no, it's fine. I fine. It's been thinking about that. You know, you can separate the art from the artist. No, um, I, I don't know how I feel about that. And I'm just going to throw out there that I'm still going to listen to this album because you know what? My fucked up twisted mind is like yeah i was kind of against Nicki minaj recently because of all that shit the person she married and her brother which is all very problematic but then at the same time mm-hmm. i'm like uh Nicki minaj is also like 15 different personalities right so like i don't know which one she's talking about that is married to her husband or the one that's rapping in these songs so and then i also on twitter saw a bunch of gays being like so against this album they hate it and it's not good it's not pink friday too it's just another album what and that makes me like it more because when the gays have stupid hot takes like that i'm like you're dumb and this is an incredible album because you know what I am, um, I'm a Nikki fan. <laughs> Do you know, Erica, I'm that name. I'm a Nikki fan. <laughs> Pull up in the Pull Sri up Lanka. In the Sri Lanka. Um, it's how I felt all the weekend, and I guess now three weeks since listening to this album by the time this comes out, um, because I listen to it, like it's an easy listen. It's really good and it's an easy listen. And I never have sat and listened to Nikki albums like continuously because she's more like a very aggressive, you know, rapper in your ears. So you're like, I can't listen to this all day while I'm working. But this album, for some reason, has really great shit on it. And I'm into it. So yesterday I went to the gym and I sat in my car for legal purposes. This was um, CBD, but let's pretend it wasn't. And I got ripped off of CBD and I went to the gym and I am not kidding you. I played fuck the club up eight times. And I PR'd on every single thing I did. That song is like, liquid cocaine if it comes on in the club i will become a different person i will kick through the walls that separate me from that beat like are you kidding me it's so fucking good like this is truly the highest quality audio experience that any of our listeners have ever experienced (laughs) okay incredible 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 um, but the first time I heard it, I li- it was like, I guess I listened in the morning, 8 a.m. on a Friday and I drove straight to Voyeur and I was like, open the door. I am here <laughs> and we need to fucking dance. And I hate Voyeur. But um, no, it's truly a masterpiece. I am going out dancing with my gal pals this weekend and I don't know how I will do it. But Fuck This Club Up will play. And if it doesn't, I will start a riot. Yeah, this city will fucking burn. It'll play. It has to. Like, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Is that you have to say that? Yeah. I'm, I'm sure it's, it's fantastic. You know, um, speaking of problematic relationships. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Shut the, let's shut talk the about fuck these up. Two and how I'm going to step back from my relationships with these two DGens. DGens. I thought you were going to say DJs. And I was like, honestly, Kirk and I would be so good as like a DJ pairing. YMCA what? 
I'm kidding. Honestly, <laughs> I don't know, bitch. Like, I think we could, like, with the right mix, we fucking with could. With the right mix, girl, we could. And we will. That's our resolution. Thank you, Andrew, for that. become DJs. Honestly, there oh is my God. there's a market for a black queer woman and a white gay man together DJ. What are we calling it? Can we call it Ebony and Ivory? That's uh, too on the nose. I think it's got to be like... you dress in... Blackface? <laughs> you dress in all black. Oh, oh no. Blackface! Wait, B-L-A-Q-U-E. That's our name? Blackface? <laughs> We're kind of obsessed. <laughs> B-L-A-Q-U-E. Yes. That would kind of slay. The thing is, I think that Kirk and I have enough, like we know enough deep cuts. That's yes, the thing. Yes, girl, open it's toes. Like, Catherine McPhee, open toes. That'll be on <laughs> I'll the I'll be honest, <laughs> open toes, if I could ever work that into a set, Catherine McPhee better run me my fucking check. Girl, she ran me my check for four years. She'll do it. <laughs> I think it's funny because like, can I say this, Kirk? That we'll like cut it if we can. her husband doesn't like that. So her husband doesn't like the song "Open Toes." Does he not? Uh, did you talk to him about that? <laughs> didn't you told me that? Didn't uh, you I mean, say I this? Don't know. I mean, I don't think I said that. No, I don't know. I've never talked to her husband oh, about that. I feel like you have. Why would well, I know I that? Then? I don't know. Maybe it's been said somewhere. Maybe this is common knowledge. Anyway, regardless, we will be at your local watering hole soon, playing deep cuts from American Idol rejects to. American Idol winners to that's it. <laughs> that's my niche. <laughs> and in the background, the entire time we will be playing from Justin to Kelly yes. on a large screen. Oh my God. I'd be the best Peloton instructor. My sets would be like all American Idol winning singles. <laughs> that's a set. Uh, Kirk, you could be like the shorter Cody. I've never even done. I've never even done Peloton. You just sit on a bike and yell like oh. it's it cannot be that hard. <laughs> I do like sitting on things and yelling. Hmm, period. Okay. Well, I've just let you guys run. On that. <laughs> <laughs> so let's officially get into the hellscape. So I have a hidden playlist and it's called Sad Time Anthems. Um, and I've been maintaining it for the past like six years, but I would say that the songs go back like over probably throughout like high school. So like only like two years. Uh, just kidding. I'm much older than that. Anyway, some of my personal favorite highlights are Diddy Bop by No Name, mm. Budget by Megan Thee Stallion featuring Lotto, and my personal favorite, which is Tyrone, the live version by Erica Badu. And these are all songs I can't listen to because they make me a little sad, which is why they're sad anthems. They're they're anthems to the saddest, some of the saddest parts of my life, which is so cute and totally normal. But if you ever uh, subscribe to the God tier level of our Patreon, the Patreon that does not exist because I have not published it, you can access the playlist for one hour and that is it. God tier will be starting at $5,000 a month. Um, relationships in a broad sense can range from safe and healthy to, well, whatever Kirk and Paul's relationship is. But when does a relationship go from salvageable to toxic beyond repair? How do we decide when it's time to move on and out? I'm still a member of this podcast, so it's pretty clear that I don't know how to end a toxic relationship, except, of course, for Maggie, who is perfect and infallible. And I recently saw her in real life and it was 
everything I ever could have hoped for. But of course, you know, I have two resident experts on being shitty people to be around and overall toxic and horrid. So I don't want to talk about my ex because he's like still a listener. <laughs> Hi. Um, and if I did, I'd put it behind a massive paywall. So this makes me so uncomfortable because he's going to hear it. <laughs> anyway, we've all had some type of experience with a toxic significant other hookup situation, whatever you told yourself it was. Andrew, I genuinely struggled to believe that you've even existed to the outside world prior to Cassie. I assume that you just sat in a little cocoon. Someone just like dropped a little Mountain Dew code red on it every morning and then you came out as Cassie's bitch. But uh, I want to hear about if you've any juicy, toxic relationship, situationship, lover stories. Yeah, well, and Cassie's going to hear this, so that's going to be awkward for me because <laughs> she's never heard this story um so this is this is going back a number of years probably the summer of 2009 because i had been laid off from my job you had a job until not hold on, hold on, hold on this is something where we you were in college no out of college yeah because I, I i graduated high school in 2008 okay because so okay, yeah, i was, I was, school, so. I was working you can work in college yeah i was working full-time for how poor people have to do yeah i'm kidding i had a job not in college, I should have. No, I did. I worked at the wine. I mean, keep going. Yeah, now that we've gotten that out of the way. I was out of work for a couple of months. Like, so many people were laid off at that time, too. Um, and I came back to work, and I had a whole summer off to kind of do whatever because I was getting unemployment. So I had started a kind of situationship, friends with benefits type thing with a, a girl from uh, Tyler in the city. So I would go down there, and then when I got my job, I was working a weekend night shift. So Tuesday morning, I would go down there. She was a couple of years younger than me um, and would always make it difficult in one way or another. Like if I was too tired after work to go down there, because sometimes that happens when you work three back-to-back 12-hour shifts, she would tell me like, oh, if you don't come down, like I'm going to go find someone else to sleep with. We'll be over if you don't. So then I would go down. At one point, she accused me of giving her a venereal disease, which was not true. Uh, she had razor burn. And I was like, did you just start shaving? You don't know what razor burn is? So that was a whole thing. And then the way it ended, I, I don't even remember how it started. But it was like way out of left field. It's late at night. I was on. I was working. I was on my shift. And she made a comment over text that if anybody ever knocked her up, she would make, quote, that fucker pay 100%. And I was like, why the hostility? Also, like if that happened, I would be willing to pay half of it. I would help you with half of it. And she told me never to talk to her again. And that's how it ended. I guess I had run its course anyway. So I'm the baby. <laughs> <laughs> and Andrew, you have given me no fucking money and I'm here to collect my repayments. Your reparations. My, I was, was, as one would say, reparations. We'll take it up in the court system. <laughs> Honestly, I could see Kirk being like someone's bastard child. Um, so, hey, mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I am, but maybe <laughs> I've never seen my parents' wedding photos. Actually, so <laughs> I am unwell on that. Um, I think what's so funny about that story, Andrew, I think that's pretty reasonable to split it, but. Also, I don't know. This might be like a thing that people debate. Like, I don't know if splitting it or like going all in, which one's like the right 
What's courtesy? Well, of course, neither one of us at this point in our lives has a ton of money. That's to true. Be spending on medical procedures. But I don't even know where this came about. I fully support anybody's right to choose and get an abortion or not get an abortion. I was just so taken aback by the abruptness of it. Like she wouldn't explain where it was coming from. I was kind of glad that it ended that way. And she kind of ended it. So I didn't have to make that decision. But I was certainly feeling after that, like, hmm, maybe this isn't such a good idea. Uh, it, it took you that long. You know what? Well, you know, I should have realized earlier. But you know what? I was convinced to ignore certain red flags. And what convinced you? I imagine it was not your brain. And it wasn't her home cooking either. <laughs> that sounds like something like an old man would say. Like, that is giving Southern old man. You know what? I'll own it. I like that. Wasn't the way she patched up my jeans, that's for sure. Yeehaw. <laughs> Kirk, I'd imagine, I don't know, I'm like kind of nervous to ask you about a toxic relationship of yours that's romantic. Well, considering I'm in everyone, they're all toxic. <laughs> know yourself, listeners. I'm aware. I'm aware. Uh, the taste of my lips are all the rage. Um, I I think that I'm trying to think of some. I mean, there's some that are like the more the situ- I think you, the situationships of mine have become more toxic. Originally, when I was trying to think through some. I was like, what 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 are toxic? Meaning like, which I think is is like a category of toxic relationship is relationships that have ended yet they still continue on, and that is toxic. So toxic people that you were maybe in a relationship with that then continue on post relationship. Um, I think I have a lot of toxic situationships where the person kind of lingers and by not by their choice or my choice, it just keeps happening. Like I'm thinking of one that like was a guy that I, I went on a few dates like two years ago and then not even two years ago. And we like see each other every so often. And like this past year I woke up in his bed on my birthday. Like it's like the people who just keep popping up that oh, like, you don't need to say their name. The way you said see each other, it sounds so casual. Like, oh, we just ran into each yeah, other. No, oh, no, no, I literally I literally, no, 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 I do mean that we ran into each other. Not at Home Depot. Yeah, <laughs> what you ran into his butthole. No, 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 no. Yeah, later. But I, I don't. I am just saying. Like, I feel there's a lot of people in my life yeah, that still did. to this day are like, like you know, the man I left in my bedroom that I'm sitting in right now years ago when we <laughs> recorded, <laughs> we started recording the old podcast. I saw him a few months ago and made out with him on a dance floor. So like that, that's the toxicity of, of being, I think a gay person, <laughs> but I'm trying to think of like a specific toxic, really, really, I don't know. I don't have like a, like a, like a, fun abusive story um a fun abusive we, story that's not what I we don't have any really for, fun actually. abusive boyfriend ex-boyfriends so um we don't you, they don't need to be abusive <laughs> what there's no fun abusive i mean yes that's toxic but uh it depends i don't know i think it depends i think I'll, i have i have more toxic friendships but my toxic relationships um i feel like i don't have much to offer other than that situation i think just being a gay man most relationships are toxic because when you end them, they continue to linger, which straight people can do too. Yeah. But I think it happens way more in the queer world because you see them often. Um, but no, that makes sense. But I also think people in their open relationships, um, which are more prevalent in the gay community, can lead to toxic stories as well that I don't have any yet. But yeah. Yeah. They're coming. They're I'm coming. Good. I feel like I am currently in a space where I'm repeating a former toxic relationship. He had a lot of mental health issues that I was just not equipped to kind of handle at the time, but I like tried to. Um, So that was difficult, but you know, I've since moved on. He's also very Trumpy right wing anti-vax, which, you know, came out of 2020 really. Maggie's like, 
dry heaving right now. And I am finding myself in a situation where it feels like I'm being connected with someone who is very similar in that space, minus the political thing for now that I know of. I don't know. It's been like only a couple of weeks, but it's interesting to feel like you are repeating a pattern of toxicity and it's hard to sometimes recognize. Is this a pattern or are these just like two like people? You know, there's some connection there and maybe there's like similar actions, but is this a pattern or is it just me making it a pattern? So I will say that when you are in a toxic relationship, sometimes that is something that kind of bubbles over um, into how you approach other relationships too. Yeah. Maggie, do you want to jump in? Did we talk about how Eric and I saw each other the other day? No, we didn't. <laughs> it was so cool. It was so fun. I felt like okay, I was Maggie, meeting like Maggie, a little celebrity. Maggie, back up a little. This is really loud. Oh, Kirk, you're experiencing what it's like when you hold the mic? Yeah, it is literally so loud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crying. But it was a cute. I like that her reaction seems so genuine. I loved that. It was so fun. It was really fun. The new toxic relationship of the hour is Maggie and Erica. <laughs> Shut it's toxic up. for the two of you for sure. Oh, yes. Please. You're done with. Gladly. I feel like, I don't know if y'all have this, but as a people pleaser, toxic relationships, I feel like come a lot quicker to me because I feel yep. like I give a lot to relationships. And mm. then I'm always stuck figuring out if I'm going to actually get something out of the relationship I'm giving to. But like, is that my fault? Because I'm also a people pleaser and like I want everybody to be happy. No. But then I'm like, you know, like, I know we're talking about toxic relationships. It's like something like really bad, but I'm talking about like in general, just like actually getting what you put into a relationship out of it. Hmm. It's tough because I think where it's toxic is not how much you give. It's how little they how much they take compared to how little they give back. And so it's really I don't know. I'm a Libra, right? So like we're very about recognizing when there's an unequal playing field. And I think that is where you have to kind of come to that realization of this is not an even playing field. Um, but it's also hard to just s stop people pleasing. Yeah. I have gotten over it. I will people disappoint left and right. I'm hundred percent sure she doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> um, I, w I did have a very like, it's better now, but like my freshman year, my relationship with a then person was so bad because I also think that like, I feel like people who end up in a toxic relationship are like, I feel like one person makes the relationship toxic, right? Like it's a lot of times it's not both. Well, it I can be, I'm just saying both, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And she, I feel like she just came in and she was so toxic and she just made everything around her toxic. And then it came to the point where sophomore year, I would lay in my room, lights off, and pretend I wasn't home. So that she like wouldn't know I was Aww. there. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Baby. I like that Kirk's reaction is to tell me that he likes that and Erica's concerned for me. I'm telling you, toxic. I think to your point, though, of people pleasing, you allow people to be, not allow, it's not your fault, because I think, I think I do it too, where people have, people feel that they have the ability to then run the relationship, which then becomes toxic. And that happens, I think, in work environments, in relationship environments, in friend environments. Um, mm -hmm. So I think it's not the people pleaser's fault, but it's just the other person sees it as a as a weakness of the other person. I feel of the pleaser. I think that that sort of person looks for that too, whether they are doing that consciously or unconsciously. 
because that's good for them to find somebody that will cater to their needs. I think we do want to talk about the little things that people may not think are toxic, but mm-hmm. are are toxic. And yeah, it doesn't have to be a domestic violence situation or something like that for it to be for it to be toxic. I think where a lot of people kind of get held up is either they like they compare a lot and they say, well, you know, at least it's not this relationship where, you know, Cassie puts Andrew in on a leash and tells him to squeal like a little piggy boy. They look at some of the things that are a little bit more egregious and they say, well, it's not that or, you know, even they see relationships that are outwardly toxic and they say, well, I'm not as bad as that. I'm not as bad as that. First and foremost, you are someone's as bad as like if you are feeling any type of unfulfillment, then like you are not in your best case scenario and you have to recognize that. Um, And if you aren't recognizing that, then it's going to be this very like cyclical thing where you're just stuck in the same pattern and you're moving on to the next one and the next one. I'm having a crazy visual of Andrew with a leash and it's it's, like burned in my memory. Thank you so much. (laughs) Um, I was going to say, I feel like as someone who's like in their 20s, I feel like one of the most toxic things sometimes about friendship is money. Because like when in your 20s mm-hmm. is the time, I feel like when a lot of people make a lot of different money, you know, everybody's like in a different career and it's their first time in the career. And yeah. and I feel like it's toxic to not realize that you and your friends make a different amount of money and that like proposing ideas in the group yeah. chat that not everybody can participate in simply because it's like, that's a lot of money or that costs something is so like, that's a little toxic to your friends to not recognize that people can afford different things at this stage of their life. I see that a lot with weddings. I was just going to say that. Where like people will literally go tit for tat. And it's like, this is crazy. This is crazy. Like this is, this should not be the crux of it. Also, if you can't afford it, don't fucking go. And you know what? That's financial advice. I have a finance degree. Look it up. <laughs> look it up. Like where, where do we look that up? I guess LinkedIn. <laughs> I don't even know if it's on my LinkedIn. I see like even like like I can like look at my parents or like old people, my friends parents and seeing like toxic relationships that like just turn into lifestyles over the years and like how they just if you don't get out of them you're just stuck in them forever mm. and the toxicity of like a 40 year marriage that like shouldn't be Kirk that's like a crazy bar like a toxic relationship that turns into a lifestyle like ooh oh god give me a beat no, like girl. No, no. Is that who said, I like the beat? <laughs> Neelix said that. Mm, I like the beat. <laughs> but it's true. It, it happens. I mean, that can happen in friendships too, right? Like, I think when you hit, I think especially when you hit, like, your, if you have, like, friendships that you've had since you were, like, a child, and when, like, you're mid 20, late, like, late 20, early 30s, I feel like you, when you start, like, you're, like, a real adult, and you're like, I'm still friends with this person that I met when I was five, and, like, we're outgrowing each other, but then you don't move, you don't, it's not, not happening to every single mm-hmm. relationship you have for that long. But happens a lot of the times because you're just you've changed so much since you were five years old, I'd hope. And sometimes you can't um, there's like a toxicity to like one of the friends not wanting the other person to change or vice versa. And that can happen in relationships, too. I think and, you know, kind of switching over to the friend side since we've been scooting towards it. I think when it comes to friendships, a lot of people, I think all relationships, really, they think that time means that you're committed to stay. And it's such a silly way to think about it. It reminds me of those little like finger trap games where like the more you pulled, the like tighter it got. And so it's like when you pull, 
it's like this bond gets tighter, but you're pulling apart. Like yeah. ultimately you're pulling apart. And I feel like so many people hold on to it because of the time that's passed. And it's like, okay, well, what does that time mean when we're looking at decades ahead of us? Like, why don't we just scrap this now? We're not happy. Um, but that's also hard, right? Like, have any of you ever had an experience where you had to kind of break up a friendship or kind of stay in a, re- a friendship that maybe you should be breaking up from? So, Kirk, I'll start with you since you're literally trying to talk as a <laughs> Let me speak. Um, <laughs> that was horrible. Um, you guys will laugh at this one, and I know she doesn't listen. But this is not this is not bad. One of my good friends that moved to London five years ago, she studied abroad there. We know each other since kindergarten. We've been very good friends, and then best friends, and then during COVID, I think it with the toxicity that that relationship, and with my other friend, we like were talking. You know, when we were COVID, like obviously we were always working from home. Sometimes we weren't working at all. And you were just like on FaceTime with people. Like, I don't, I did this, like oh, yeah. we work all day, like nine hour days and just be on FaceTime, like with our phones down, just talking, working, whatever. Like, and it was that group of the three of us into a point where I think our relationships got so like, we were just so mean to each other because we were so fed up with each other. Even though we'd been friends for 25 years, it was just like, you know, you, you just are constantly um, being each other's face like that every day. Anyway, it, when she would come home for holidays, she doesn't live here. So we would get in stupid little arguments that I, I can own that I started a lot of them. And it was kind of this point of like, you don't live here. I don't live where you live. We don't see each other enough. Well, how come every time we see each other, we're going to like get be each other's necks for no fucking reason. But it's because like, that's normal when you're with people a lot, but like, it's not worth doing with a friend who you don't see that much. So we had, anyway, she ended up pausing our relationship for a year and a half. And last week we actually spoke on the phone for an hour and a half and had a really good conversation and we're kind of rebuilding, but it's, I think it just needed a break. And she said to me, she's like, you know, it's, there's nothing wrong with friendships of that caliber and, and that, and that length like needing a reset, mm-hmm. like, and, and the conversation was so good because she's like, I can see how much you've grown in two years and you can see, and I was, I can see how much have you grown. And I, and so basically it's, it's to see each other from a, a distance from someone that you've known forever is kind of good. I don't get how people can do people who like get um, married from like when they made each other when they're like 14 and like high school sweethearts and they get married and like, it's just like, it's beautiful at the end of the day, but it's still like, you don't want any other dick. Like, isn't that like, like toxic to not want like anything else? girl you don't know what they're doing they could be getting other yeah that's true but i just think the idea of like pausing a long relationship because it is getting toxic is healthy and that's kind of what i just experienced with with, in a great way because she i mean and that's kudos to her because she's the one that initiated it it's funny you say that because it makes me think about like how help that would be so helpful in like other people's like relationships like romantic relationships like why is always like we got to get separated just like pause yeah you can keep it monogamous. You could, you know, date other people, whatever that looks like for you. But like, it's okay to be like, you know what? I'm getting overwhelmed by this and I need to take a step back. And maybe there's a solution, but like, I can't find the solution if I'm in it right, right. now. Andrew, besides, you know, Paul, Kurt, me, do you have any other toxic friends? No, uh, our group chat is the most toxic thing that I have ever no. had in my entire life. I think it's toxic to yeah, the world. Right. I don't think it's toxic to each other. That's that's true. That's true. As human resources for this podcast, I can attest that all of us are fired. Every single one of us. <laughs> Let me be fired. You don't pay me anyway, bitch. <laughs> oh, not bitch. I have had a couple of friendships that have, I would say, fizzled out over the years. Right. But... I've never had a a big moment where it was like we can't really speak to each other anymore. Um, I'm, I f- I feel like I'm pretty lucky in in that I haven't had any major toxic friendships. I, I'm a avowed introvert, so 
I don't start a whole lot of new friendships. And when I do, I'm, I'm very selective about it, you know, in one way or another, just subconsciously. Some of our mutual friends are listeners of the podcast, but I can talk about this, I think, a little bit. Cassie's best friend, who by extension is one of my good friends, and her husband, who's also a good friend of mine, Cassie and his friend have had a bit of a toxic relationship over the years where their relationship has gone up and down in different life circumstances, kind of led them to go in different directions, which is okay, but then you know, that friend kind of turned that into a problem sometimes. Or mm -hmm. when, when things are getting planned, you know, there's not a lot of give and take. Before the girl that I talked about, the situationship, I was actually in a semi-long-term um, relationship. And when that ended, I was broken up with. So I continued to talk to her. And I can understand where that was probably annoying or eventually toxic for her. So we stopped talking for quite a long time. After maybe like, I don't know, two years or so, we became friends again to the point where, you know, we we go on double dates together. I knew it. I knew it was going to this direction. You guys are swingers now with them. Oh my God. That's so cute. <laughs> the relationship went from up and down to really up and down. Mm -hmm, side to side too sometimes. <laughs> No, but I mean, I'm happy about that. You know, not that I feel any type of way about like needing closure or needing people to like me. Yeah, I like that. I do feel like it's nice when you can salvage something. Uh, you know, I feel like I went through a multiple person friendship breakup. To be honest, it was just college friends. And like the only thing we really had in common was that we went to college together What's so interesting about a toxic relationship is because it can look very subtle or it could just show up one day, right? So in this particular situation, there is like an issue with one of the people in the group between this person and myself. Um, that was like when I was in not a great time in my life and maybe she was too, we never reconciled. But it was just kind of the way that the everyone else kind of fell off as a friend in that like they didn't they didn't offer any support. Um, and so it was kind of one of those things where it was like, dang, like I wouldn't do that. Like if, you know, anyone in this podcast started to get in a fight between each other that like I cared about, you know, as a friend, you would try to do what you can to work through that relationship. And that just who wasn't who they were as people. And so it wasn't like a fiery blowout, but they're not in my life anymore. I don't think about them at, at all, really. But I know, as I'm just, like making this just episode. Just you're provoked to speak about toxic people. <laughs> I know, right? It just came to me. But no, it was, it's one of those things where, you know, we aren't, it wasn't necessary. It wasn't actively toxic, but it was toxic for me in a way that, you know, it didn't provide me with, with what I needed. And I think there can be something to be said about when your friends aren't a good landing pad. And, you know, if someone pushes you down or you fall, well, if your friends say they're there, but they're not, that's that can be damaging, too. And I think that there are people who stay in relationships with others where that is the case, where they're always let down by this person. Um, and it's not even that this person is doing anything. It's the nothing that can be toxic, too. So there can be toxicity in action as well as inaction. It's also funny because Maggie's like has a cold, it seems, but it looks like you're just like so moved by my words. <laughs> I'm moved by everything you say. Period. 
I was moved when I learned that both Andrew and Kirk are short kings. Oh no. Not a, don't out me on this pod. I'm kidding. I've Girl. said it like a hundred times. I just can't believe that actually. Can we talk about that for like one second? Like what, why did you think that? First off, first off, I'm average height. Secondly, yeah, why? Because you're not the first time I have had gone on dates where men have like, been like, oh, and I'm like, oh. I'm going to regret saying this because it is going to boost you in so many ways. You give tall person energy. I love that. I didn't really know that's a thing. TPE. Which is crazy because like, I, I mean, I've just always known Kirk to be This short. just triggered me. So usually uh, multiple dates have told me that. Random guys have told me that. Not dates, but guys like, like, oh, I knew you from Instagram. And then like, I met you in person and you're like, not tall. And I'm like, I don't, I'm like taking pictures with like girls a lot of the time. And they're usually, you know, women aren't tall historically historically <laughs> and um my nieces and nephews i guess make me look tall because i have a lot of photos with them but they're babies you dumbasses um but i um recently this like last year this this guy that i know who was like whatever he's like he's tall so he, he gives off maggie it's when you, you say this i think he like knows he gives off tall person energy and it's so obnoxious and weird and like he thinks this is great energy because he's tall uh. but he actually has like a shitty energy he's like just shitty and he like introduced me to a group of people once like oh this is kirk and like he has like some like really incredible like personality like for some reason and he's like we're not like he's so short i'm like what like i'm sorry i ha you can't have like a good personality unless you're tall i mean that makes sense yeah I mean, like i'm above average height for a woman so i'm technically tall and therefore i have a great personality i don't know i don't know i never heard of this before but i guess no it's a, erica it's blew my mind when she said that she's the second tallest on the podcast okay i don't think that's true yes, how tall I are am. you <laughs> I'm 5'10". Oh, please. She actually is. Kirk, she actively, actively is. She has to be taller than you. than you because she's tall. And I was like shook. And then I was like, oh my God. Well, that's racist that you thought she was short. I didn't say I thought she was That's, that's not even the stereotype. <laughs> it is. Anyway. Yeah, Erica and I are definitely, if not the same height, Erica is a little bit taller than me. It's because I have hair. <laughs> I can put my hair to mine and be the taller, taller than Kirk. You might be. I think you can just straighten up your posture and be taller than Kirk. Yes, that is true. I'm going to wear heels you know, the first time we meet Kirk just to make you feel short. Yeah, you should. I don't know. I, I love being, like, I would never want to be taller than I am. And I would never date a tall person. I think tall people are fucking ugly. I'm a height girly, so this is something we cannot agree on. Keep your 6'2". It makes me 6'2 to my stomach. Like, enough. I, I would love to, like, date somebody who is 5'4". And smaller than me, so I can look like I'm six. You don't look like you're six two. Sorry, I got us uh, off track. <laughs> okay. You did. You did. I'm but you know what? That was that's toxic. Thinking someone is taller than they are is toxic. So stop doing it. Don't assume my height. Um. Yeah. If you <laughs> think Kirk is not four inches tall, then you're a bad person. Erica's friend also thought you were tall, and then when we told her you were short, it also blew her mind. Wow. Oh, I'm, yeah. I think, okay, guys, I'm posting a poll tonight on my story. I give, like, I have heard feedback from people that I am 6'2", and I'm just not. I'm just not. And I need you to unfollow me if that is why you're following me, because you think I fucking am tall. Wait, I love that we're, like, disappointing people with this. It's so funny. I'm not, like, I look at my Instagram, I'm like, I guess, I don't know. No, it's just, you know what? It's so hard because I know you're short. That I but you just but when you look at a picture of me, tall. you're like, okay, that's what he looks like. That's how tall he is. I mean, yeah, I that's the thing. I look at you and I'm like, oh, but maybe it's just confirmation. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe in like this picture, you look okay, a little but I taller. Said, okay, the person's taking like 15 rows down. So really, really, okay, Kirk, well, you're the one fooling everybody else. Am I catfish? I'm posting. I'm posting it. Am I catfish? Wait, actually, you all? Kirk, I'm not kidding. 
Like this one, you look pretty tall. Really? I think it looks short there. Dylan's tall. No, because you both yeah. look, you both look long. Yeah, it's a longness of it, I guess. Honestly, Kirk, you kind of are faking because you're usually like squatting. <laughs> screaming, I am squat. You squat a lot. You just oh are catfishing God, the guys, internet. You're catfishing crazy. everybody. Like, like squatting on a beach. I need to start taking pictures with like next to a ruler or something. What's going on? <laughs> oh, wait, I did want to say something about what Andrew said. You said, Andrew, that you feel like you don't worry as much about people liking you. But I think my problem is that I worry so much about people liking me. I was convinced you didn't like me the first like month of the podcast. <gasps> yes. Mean, no, That's this, crazy. This I know I was convinced. Keep going. But I think it's because Kirk, I, so as my therapist would say, I like to read people. Like I'm a big people reader. Like I like will kind of gauge if I can quickly like, you know, like. Erica and Kirk are so more outward with their emotions. I can read exactly like how they're feeling. I could not pinpoint Andrew for like a month and I was convinced he didn't like me. Not to mention, <laughs> then I was ordering him around to do shit. And I was like, he's And he was not doing it. He was, was not like, doing it. He was being me. disrespectful. Like, I came in and I just started ordering him around. You're not, you're not, a, you're not an easy egg to, as to, to crack as much as the rest of them. I have heard this feedback from other people that they were like, oh, I, didn't think you liked me and I'm blown away by that. But yeah, I just don't have a lot of outward emotions because I'm a straight white male <laughs> and that is something we can't do. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, I will say as someone who can be very emotional and loves to suppress their own emotions, it is funny when people are like, oh my God, like you're so expressive. You're so easy to read. I'm like, or maybe I'm giving you what I want you to read. <gasps> Ooh. I um was I just went on an eighth date last night with a guy. Okay, at what point are you gonna call it something, <laughs> Kurt? Talk about it. You know what? You know, speaking of toxic relationships, well, everyone. That's what I love. <laughs> but he told me I am so hard to read. And I said, probably got you calling this my eighth date. <laughs> Kirk, that is literally insane behavior. You know what? If you are a listener. We're releasing a poll the day of, and we're saying, what do you call eight dates in open forum? Uh, I'm sorry, you're counting podcast. and you're like date eight and you're still going on it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like this, is a, this is a different episode. Okay. I don't know if it is. And, but it might be a talk. I don't know if it is because date eight sounds talking sick as shit. I need a drink of water. <sighs> Not the gulp. <laughs> you know, he is a really nice guy, and I'm trying to figure it out. Okay, that's what everyone says about someone. Also, that's the first thing that's going to pop it's out. Like the worst thing. Yeah, girl. I no, I know, I know. Wow, we just helped Kirk solve a problem in real time. Well, listen, the good thing is I have a few other prospects at the moment. So, okay, it's toxic. <laughs> no, there's nothing wrong with playing the field. I'm not like looking to get married tomorrow. This guy is the best. Honestly, Kirk, that is something. A straight man would say. Can I clarify here? Are you going on multiple dates a week or has it literally been eight weeks? Uh, it's been five weeks. So almost twice a week. But now, like the last, like we've gone on like three in the last like Thursday, Saturday, yesterday. Kirk, so, like, that's... you're toxic. No, I'm, I'm, toxic. I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> going on dates. It's not my problem. I'm not toxic. I'm just going on dates. Anyway, back to other toxic relationships, not mine. <laughs> um, I think a fun one to also talk about is like really not fun at all, but like toxic relationships with your parents. I don't really have. Do you have anyone here have any? Andrew, 
I do. But I feel like Andrew must as well. No? I mean, Kirk, you're gay, so. I have a toxic relationship with my dad to some degree, but like, I guess not that terrible. Um, what? Kirk, what? your relationship with your dad is not mild. No, no, but I don't think it's like, I think it's, it's, I'm, it's just like, he's a toxic person to some degree. Love you, dad. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I do love him, but he's just toxic. But um, I think I can, I just feel like there's people out there that have really toxic relationships with their parents. Yeah. Um, like I have friends whose moms tell them they need nose jobs, like stuff like that, you know? That's awful. Oh yeah. That's a whole different level. Um, I, I would not call my relationship with my parents toxic, okay. but it's definitely not as close as a lot of people's are with their parents. Um, just because our worldviews are so wildly different and I've abandoned the faith of my youth. Uh, well, and also my whole family, surprise, surprise, is are very closed off about their uh, emotions and what they're thinking to each other. Mm-hmm. That's another form of toxicity. So I guess on that level, you might be able to say that it's it's kind of toxic. It's just not a very open or close relationship. And also she, my mom, you know, for the first like four years of my relationship with Cassie would just hound me about getting married and stop living in sin. Oh yeah. I forgot. Yeah. You are. I forgot you are living in sin. I I really am a bastard child. Kirk, have you sinned with your eight week relationship yet? I played the fifth. Interesting. No. Um, The first night. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Wait, wait, wait. So the first night. And then you continue to have seven more dates. No, I guess I had nine dates. I don't count the first night as a date because it was just sex ish. Kirk, this man thinks you're dating him. Like, like this man thinks you're. Da- I am dating no, him. We're but like, dating. this We're man thinks you're like not date. just like this man does not know you are counting. Yes, correct. Stop. He's. <laughs> I'm counting because I'm still trying to figure it out, and I I like him, and he. How I many dates does it take too. you to figure it out? <laughs> How many licks does it take? Apparently, to more than eight. Pop, bitch. They haven't figured that out yet, have they? <laughs> One, two, three. He's figured it out though. Uh-huh. No, um, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm figuring it out. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing great, sweetie. I, I just like this idea of dating slow instead of having to be like, oh, it's been eight dates and we're now having to move on to the next thing. We're just going on dates, getting to know each other. And I'm, I, I don't know. I, I'm in a weird place with dating right now where I feel like I just came out of a six year relationship, but I, that wasn't me. That was Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, like I'm like I don't need to go on any dates. I'm 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 like no, girl, you've been single for 31 years. Like you need to get it together, <laughs> pick it up. Well, I think we've kind of put it together that, that Kirk is five three people, and can date. <laughs> I was gonna say that Kirk is a problem, um, but at least he's a small problem. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, okay, can't even get mad at that one. That was good. Oh my god, that was good, girl. Fuck me. Peanut butter and pickles, chicken and waffles, Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart. All odd pairings that somehow still work. On this week's episode, we're playing friends or foes. Over the following celebrity couples, who would work and who wouldn't? And most importantly, is it romantic or platonic? First up, we have OVO, a.k.a. The Groomer, Drake, featuring the city of New York's club-hopping 
bootlicking mayor Eric Adams. Friends or foes? They'd be friends. 100% friends. They'd meet in a club and they'd be like all New York and yeah, friends. Yeah, and and Drake will want access and Eric Adams wants that public relationship to make him look cool. Clout. 100%. See, that is what we call a, a positive exchange toxic relationship. Both people are toxic to each other and getting toxic something out of it. And therefore, it is a dual toxic relationship. Period. I just Googled Eric Adams and Drake, and there's a video of him quoting Drake after he won the MIC mayor race. <laughs> He's the worst. <laughs> so I'm going to say they fuck. Fringe. Fringe. You know what? That should have been a fucking omen. That should have been a fucking omen. Adams concluded his speech with, all I can say, have your haters become your waiters when you sit down at the table of success. Stop. <laughs> Honestly, bars. But you can't do that as a mayor. We We should have known. Okay, that's shady to fucking the service industry, bitch, <laughs> as a mayor. Like, he doesn't it? even live in New York. <laughs> oh, he's the worst. Honestly, which is funny because he sure wants to act like he's a fucking city girl. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have the one, the only, the queen, someone who is sanctified and someone who is also sanctified. Taylor Swift and Sister Teresa. Sister, to, like Mother Teresa? Mother Teresa. <laughs> Who the fuck is Sister Teresa? You know what? You know what's crazy? Sister Teresa was my pastor's wife, and that's why it was in my head. That was my home pastor's oh, wife. I'm going to go with Mother Teresa. I, well, it, it can't be friends because Taylor Swift is Mother Teresa. Shut the fuck up. I agree That is so fucking disrespectful. <laughs> you know what? This is the issue with you fucking Swifty bitches. Oh, you know, I forgot. Do you think, quick, let's run it back really quick. Eric Adams Drake. Romantic, or romantic. Sure. romantic. Romantic. To quote that weird man. To, to, quote, <laughs> to quote that weird man on the weird podcast this week who said Will Smith was fucking was getting fucked by that guy. Yes. I believe Eric Adams would murder Drake. <laughs> okay. Okay, so back to Taylor Swift and Sister Ter or Mother are Teresa. They fucking? I don't think so. I can't get over Sister Teresa. <laughs> they are not fucking. I'm, it can't be. It, they're the same because, person. We're, it's like. No, well, even if they're, they're not, not the same, same person, person, they're not fucking because we need to suppress the gaylers out there, which people know are the Taylor Swift fans who say Taylor Swift is gay and um, Taylor is not happy with them. So I'm going to stand with my sister, Ta sister Teresa. <laughs> Sister Taylor and say that her and Mother Teresa are just friends. And actually, Taylor is Mother Teresa reincarnate. Imagine Mother Teresa on the Eras tour, <laughs> like her, her version of the Eras tour. Just blessing everyone. Yeah. Taylor Swift has had more effect on the economy than Mother Teresa. So all I mean, like, uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, I think Mother Teresa, though, I feel like I've, people buy those like those like candles that they're on it. <laughs> I. I don't know what that's doing for the economy. Yeah. Them. Also, Mother Teresa has been fucking dead for a while. 1997. So she can't be yeah, Taylor. So Swift. that means that Taylor Swift can't be. I know, be, because yeah. famously she was born 1989. Oh, oh, poor babies. I like how Andrew cares not about neither Mother Teresa or Taylor Swift. I think Mother Teresa was a psyop. Jesus fucking Christ. Okay. <laughs> I'm moving on from that. Um, all right. So we have um, two men with testicular impairments. We have uh, Mr. Ron DeSantis 
and Lance Armstrong. One is speculative. There's speculation about Ronnie's balls. <laughs> I mean, in my head, there is. Have you seen how he acts? He wears heels. And? Oh, that's true. That's true. That's just because he's insecure about his height, unlike Kirk. If I'm fucking shorter than fucking Ron DeSantis, hold on, how tall is Ron DeSantis? <laughs> <laughs> I think he might be shorter than him. He denies wearing heels and claims he's 5'11". That is such a man thing. Okay, but do. even if he had like three inch lifts, like I think I think he's still taller than you. Whatever. Oh, poor baby. As long as as long as the missing balls are the opposite, then they can kind of fit together like a little puzzle piece. Oh, no, like a little friendship necklace. Wasn't there a drama with Lance Armstrong? You mean the whole doping scandal oh, that ruined cares. his entire I, career? I think that they would not be friends <laughs> at all. No, but. What I will say is toxic are those Livestrong bracelets, okay? Honestly, those had white dudes in a fucking chokehold. Someone was wearing a Livestrong bracelet about a year ago. I was around them, my friend's husband. That's crazy. And I was like, girl, you got are you fucking kidding me? I was like, I was so drunk. I was like, take that. This is so, you're like a fucking grown ass man. He was like, oh, I had testicular cancer. (laughs) And once again, Kirk is toxic. Then I said, let me see. (laughs) (laughs) Here's my question though. How long has he owned that? Like, who was still selling Livestrong? You know what I did in um, grade school? I would buy on Amazon or whatever it was around the time, eBay, like different color Livestrong bracelets, and I would sell them for profit. Like, I'd buy them in bulk. Oh. And I would have the green ones and purple ones and blue ones. It was so fun. (laughs) I don't know what happened to that entrepreneurial spirit. entrepreneurial spirit. I need to bring it back. Yeah, broke bitch. We should, when we have have merch one day, I want to have Livestrong bracelets. No, Yeah, someone just beeped outside my window. They want them too. (laughs) No, they're trying that to was Lance that Armstrong a bad on his idea, bike. waste of money. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. It must be easier to ride that bike with one ball between your legs with that seat. Don't you think? I think so. Okay, next. I, I actually, I quite literally cannot speak to that experience. Okay. So they are enemies, but do you think they'd ever hate fuck? There won't be much semen, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just little dribbles. That's disgusting. Oh, okay, okay. All right. I think from that case, let us move on. I think these are two women who have a lot of sound bites and have a lot to say. It is Miss, the one and only, who gives a fuck about Christmas, Melania Trump, and the ever iconic Lisa Barlow. Oh my God. Okay, Lisa. Okay, so Andrew, Lisa Barlow was a real housewife of Salt Lake City. Lisa Barlow. Thank you. I was going to (laughs) ask. Lisa Barlow. What is such a fucking poser. I love her to death, but she's such a fucking kiss ass <laughs> that she would fully behind closed doors be friends with Melania Trump. Um, 100%. Like 100%. And, but like, I think outside in the open, she would not. But the 100% they're friends. They're friends. They're friends. They're probably friends. Don. Right they're friends. She's so annoying. Lisa Barlow. I love her though. I'm like, she's good TV. She's incredible TV. But like, I feel like she was better TV in the beginning because now she knows she's good TV and it's like, Oh, yeah. That's like the thing, though. It's like once they figure out, like, this is how I make money. I mean, it's not us getting going off on a little. Anyway, they're friends. They're friends. They're not fucking. So Melania's a lesbian fully. You can't be married to Donald Trump and be straight a woman like you are fucking women. I don't think they're friends. I think they're frenemies. Um, I don't think they're like full foes. I think that they would like sometimes do something for each other. But like if it would advance them, even the slightest minutiae. The other one would back. I feel like Lisa, other. Lisa, like works for Melania mm. at the White House, or she's like her advisor. 
Let's be very clear here that Melania is not in the White House, Kirk. Oh, yeah. You know when she was. Oh, she's yeah. coming back, girl. But she is the, she's the rightful first lady. Yes. They were never voted She's out. my first she's lady. She's coming back. I don't think we should know. Are they still married? Like, would she come back? I don't know how that works. I feel like she would get divorced if he if he actually... But where is she? Has we, have we seen her in like three years? Have we seen no, Kamala? She wants nothing years? to do with that. Where in the anymore? world is Melania Trump? I love her. I mean, I don't really, but I kind of do. I mean, you got to be uh, some level of piece of shit to stay with Donald Trump. 20 boy. Talk about a toxic relationship. Literally. Mm. Well, kiddos, I feel like we've really gone through some, honestly, I think some iconic duos that we should try to facilitate with all of the power that we all obviously possess. I think we've really seen the hellscape of what toxicity can look like in all types of relationships. And ultimately, I'm grateful for all of you in that no matter how shitty someone is to me, it'll never be worse than anything you've said in the group chat. So thank you to our lovely crew for being my favorite toxic relationship members. Before we go, what relationship between the five of us, including Paul, is the most toxic? Kirk and Paul. Oh, all right. <laughs> I would say all of our relationships to Paul when he sends us a three-second voice note and it's just him screaming. <laughs> Oh, these pictures. He just got his um. He just got his nose blown out <laughs> by two twinks at once because there's two orifices, and he has been sending us pictures of him with gauze on his nose because he had his surgery. And I'm sick of seeing it. See. Oh, he didn't send you guys the bloody one. Oh, I got oh, the I bloody see one. That. Oh no, I don't want to see that. Um, I would say me and Paul, so because we we as children are we stopped being friends because it was toxic, mainly because Paul was jealous of me. I'm still convinced you stopped <laughs> being friends because you slept together and then you needed time apart. When we were 11, like, <laughs> that's when we stopped being friends. Well, Whoop. maybe I don't have all my facts together, but. <laughs> Calm down, Nancy Drew. Literally. You kind of are Nancy Drew. We talked about this before. You are Nancy Drew. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Hellscape Carousel. I'm Erica. I'm Andrew. I'm Maggie. I'm Kirk. floats hated in the dick in the butt. Thank you for listening to Hellscape Carousel. If you like what you heard, leave a five-star review, subscribe, and follow us on social media. Stay tuned for more episodes.